Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. My guest for this edition of Americana Music Profiles is Eli Smith, founder and producer of the 12th Annual Brooklyn Folk Festival. As of the time of this recording, the festival was scheduled for April 17th through the 19th. This festival has since been rescheduled until November 6th through the 8th, 2020. Join in as we talk about the origins of this festival and all of the great artists and features they have lined up for this creative event. Hi, Eli. Welcome to the podcast today. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Glad to have you on. Uh, We are going to be talking about the Brooklyn Folk Festival um, in a couple minutes. Um, I, I wondered, Eli, if you could uh, maybe just give me a little bit of background about yourself and um, you know, uh, how you got involved in music and what brought you up to this point. Yeah, sure, of course. Well, I'm from uh, New York City. I, I grew up in downtown Manhattan in Greenwich Village, uh, which a lot of people remember as um, a place where folk music happened right. <laughs> back in the 1950s and 1960s. And when I was growing up there in the 1990s, um, there wasn't much going on, but I knew that something had happened there, something uh, that was, <laughs> you know, important to me. Yeah. As I began to discover the music, I, you know, I, I, I heard Mississippi John Hurt, and I heard the Harry Smith Anthology and Woody Guthrie and the New Lost City Ramblers. And I knew that all those people had been where I was, um, but they weren't there now. And I started to look for it. I started to try to find some of the older musicians that were still in my area. Yeah. And um, just got all the uh, records that I could and just started trying to educate myself about the music. And that's, I mean, you know, blues music and drug band music and old-time string band music and uh, and so on. And that really became the focus of my life over the last over the last number of years, and 
uh, it was during a period of a lull, because there, there have been three waves of the folk music revival mm-hmm. in the United States. The first wave was in the 1930s and 40s with um, Lee Guthrie and Pete Seeger and right. Billy and, and, and all their friends there. And then the second wave happened starting in the late 1950s through the 60s and into the 70s. That mm-hmm. was the second wave. And what we're doing now, um, I see, is the third wave. It's okay. kind of the third wave of, of the um, folk music revival, if you want to call that, mm-hmm. uh, in the United States. And that's what I've tried to be a part of um, and tried to make happen in New York City uh, and around the country, you know, for the last number of years. Actually, as we're speaking today, I'm, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, with my string band, the Downhill Strugglers. We're, we're an old-time string band. We've been playing for a few years. And uh, we found ourselves in Louisville, Kentucky today. Um, but, of course, I started the Brooklyn Folk Festival with uh, the Jalopy Theater, which is the home for, you know, folk and traditional music in, in New York City at this moment. Uh-huh. And um, we've been doing that now for 12 years. We have our 12th... Uh, 12 annual Brooklyn Folk Festival coming up. Um, you, you mentioned the uh, what you see as the third wave of folk music. Um, what do you see as, uh, you know, every type of movement or wave or whatever uh, term, you know, you use for things like that seems to have some sort of uh, something behind it. Did, did, is that something that, um, you, you feel like you're a part of creating, or did you see that sense that coming for some reason and, and then uh, decide feel yeah. to become a part of it? Yeah, right. Well, both. You know, it's, it's always both. Um, but, yeah, I, I've tried to, you know, create what I, what I wanted to see mm-hmm. um, happening. So when I thought of the Brooklyn Folk Festival back in 2008... We had our first festival in 2009. Um, it seemed to me, I was surprised that there wasn't already a Brooklyn Folk Festival because there was so much talent in mm-hmm. that field mm-hmm. for the music in, uh, in New York City and, you know, around. And so I was surprised that there wasn't already a Brooklyn Folk Festival. Yeah. And there, there we were, so we started it, we made it. And it was quite popular and successful right away, which okay. showed me that the that it was filling a need, um, both for the performers and for, you know, fans of the music, people that were looking for um, music that was, uh, you know, traditional American music and music from uh, all over the world, which we represented at the Brooklyn Book Festival. So I I think it was both. And the the folk music revivals, um, you know, it happens in, in cycles. So... Um, maybe every 30 years yeah. or 40 years it kind of comes around again but that's also tied to other things like um, I think an interest in, in, in what people think of as folk music or even as whatever authentic music is or you know, something like that people look for that mm-hmm. during during times when there's um Political unrest or social instability, all the things that we're experiencing now. Yeah. So, um, so they you know, see more economic recession. Yeah. <laughs> so look for something authentic. Right, and I, 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 I've always kind of felt like folk music um, seems to kind of have a surgence when when people feel the need to 
make some sort of expression um, against, not necessarily against, I don't want to make it sound that way, but uh, something that they feel led inside folk music seems to be kind of the outlet for making an expression about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, the idea of folk music has been tied in the United States to uh, left-wing political ideals, definitely since the 30s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when did you see interest in folk music happening? In the, in the 1930s during the, the Depression, and then again in the 1960s um, mm-hmm. during the radical period, you know, at that time. Uh, you know, and now again, so if you want to look at it, like, you know, with a sense of of history, then it's not surprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, So you're 12 years in. Do you, have you sensed or have you been able to see um, the the festival itself um, causing causing growth in folk music and and if not nationally, at least in the surrounding communities where you're having the festival held? Well, um, yeah, I would I'd mention, I think I forgot to say the dates. It's April 17th, 18th, and 19th uh, there uh, at the Brooklyn Folk Festival at Penland's Church. And your listeners can, can easily look look up the festival on our website and find out mm-hmm. all the information. There's about 50 different bands playing, as well as workshops and jam sessions and uh, dances and <laughs> film screenings and contests. So it's, there's, there's a lot to a lot to, um here and, and do at the Brooklyn Folk Festival. It's, it's quite a substantial festival at this point. Um, ticket prices are low, it's what you need to get to in downtown Brooklyn. And to your question, uh, yeah, I think uh, the festival has grown a lot, a lot, you know, over the 12 years from being a small thing that was at the Jalopy Theater, which is, you know, about 100 people maximum, to being at St. Anne's Church in downtown Brooklyn, which is a beautiful cathedral building um, that seats 800 people. Uh, the festival often sells out. And, you know, it's really become a, quite a substantial event, and I think something that people all over the country, uh, and even from other countries, uh, look forward to and travel to, to check out. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I think it has contributed to the growth of the music, and there's very few festivals that actually book a lot of, that are oriented towards traditional music. A lot of folk festivals are more oriented towards you know songwriters and towards right, um, right. you know stuff that's like traditionally based in one way or another. But what we do at the Brooklyn Folk Festival that's I think different is that we are focused on um, on traditional music. Of course, we have wonderful uh, songwriters, and I actually I'm happy to announce that um, today we, we are announcing that uh, Bonnie Prince Billy is being added to our lineup this oh, year, great. which is exciting. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's a amazing songwriter and singer. But what our festival mostly presents is traditional music, um, as I mentioned, blues and Japan music and old-time music and different uh, traditional styles of music from Mexico or from the Balkans or from various parts of Europe, um, from West Africa. Uh, we really have a... a it, it shows the real range of folk music, an incredibly diverse genre, and that, that's what we want to show people. How did you end up in the church? How did that become your, your main venue for the music? St. Anne's Church. Well, St. Anne's Church is, uh, maybe some of you all listening have heard of it. It's um, a historic building <laughs> in Brooklyn and a historic um, venue for music in addition to being a church. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been some really 
amazing concerts together over many years, as well as theater and other stuff. Um, but you know, yeah, they 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 uh, uh, reached out to us and, and asked us if we wanted to come and do the festival there. I guess that was six years ago. Oh, great. Okay. And um, we said, oh yeah, definitely, you know, for sure, because it's such it's such a great place to, to see music. It's at, it's, it sounds amazing in there, um, and it's a beautiful space. So it, it was a it was a good fit. Does the church facilitate all of the other uh, the events, the dances, the workshops? Just one stage, multiple stages? How do you how do you uh, how do you stage yeah, all totally. of the different events? Yeah, well, it's New York, so space is tight, um, of course. But uh, the church is, is big and has different areas. And then we actually expanded again this year and rented a second smaller church around the corner. Okay. Um, so we have three we have three different stages done, uh, as well as a several areas for workshops and dances. Is this, um, uh, is it harder to do something like this? Uh, obviously, New York City is big and it's got its own nuances uh, along with it, but compared to, you know, maybe um, uh, an outdoor venue in the country somewhere where obviously festivals happen all over the country, what, what are the differences yeah. <laughs> of, of pulling something like this off in the middle of New York City? Yeah, it's a hustle. New York, New York's all about the hustle, especially these days that it's, it's so gentrified and, you know, so it's expensive to be there. It's really made it hard for artists and hard for uh, working class people uh, to be in New York City and there's a lot of red tape and bureaucracy and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we do it. We jump through the hoops that we have to jump through there and all things considered, you know, it's, uh, we're, <laughs> we're pretty good at it now. We've had a few years of experience, so, it's all right. Um, we thought about making it into, you know, like an outdoor festival, uh, either in Prospect Park, the big park in Brooklyn, or moving right, it, yeah. you know, somewhere. But we really like having it actually as an urban festival in a downtown area and uh, having it really accessible for people. And also, of course, we don't have to worry about whether it's going to rain or not. Right, yeah. Um, and it, it creates also a more intimate space. When you hear the music in there, it's uh, it's it, it, it would be different to hear it in an outdoor space. So, and I think folk music, especially, is powerful um, as a uh, in kind of an intimate setting. Uh, if that makes any sense, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I may have asked you already and, and missed your answer, but did, do you have multiple stages, or is it just one main stage and back-to-back -back artists? Uh, yeah, we well, we do have one main big stage that's uh, really, really pretty cool. Um, but no, we yeah, as I, I mentioned, we have three stages going, we have, uh, three okay. different stages, as well as uh, areas for workshops and dances. And there's also a great collection of food that's actually curated by a folklorist that studies the food foodways, the food traditions of New York's you know many ethnic communities. Um, so people can look forward to some tasty food as well. And did I read where you also actually feature some films during this festival? Yeah, yeah. We, um, we're actually, the film I'd like to mention uh, is a uh, film about John Cohen, the great musician, photographer, of course, uh, who passed away last fall. He was, he was mm -hmm. a close friend of mine and a, a founder of the festival in many days. And uh, we played with him in our band, in our string band, the Downhill Strugglers. Uh, John was a founder of and played in the Lost City Ramblers string band uh, for 50 years. And um, 
he, he left us, he left the world this past fall. So we'll be honoring him in several ways at the for this year. Okay. But we're happy to, to be premiering a new documentary film about his life. Oh, neat. Okay. So that's, that's one of the films that I'd like to, to mention here. Does that take place in the main theater, or do you have a separate space for the, for the we film? Have a, yeah, we have a separate like, you know, film screen in the area. Yeah, okay, great. And then I, I think I also read where you... Um, uh, you're involving um, uh, part of the Alan Lomax, um, someone curating for them? Yes, absolutely. Um, our friend uh, Nathan Salzberg is a friend of the festival, and he's the curator at the Alan Lomax Archive. Of course, Alan Lomax is uh, probably the most famous and prolific American folklorist. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Nathan Salzberg, the curator at his archive, We'll be doing a presentation uh, workshop on um, songs of resistance and resilience from the Alamo Max archive. Okay. So I think that should be really cool. And here I think we'll be talking about the original artists and field recording. Yeah. And then we'll have uh, contemporary musicians uh, also interpreting the song. Okay. And uh, tell us who some of the uh, feature uh, acts, artists, bands are going to be for the event. Yeah, well, I'd like to mention, yeah, some of the bands that uh, we're excited about. I, we love all the bands equally, and we don't book based on, you know, hype or, or celebrity sure. or anything like that. It's, yeah. it's really a music-based festival. Um, but uh, some of the bands that I'd, I'd like to mention are, uh, well, we're looking forward to Les Files de Ligadad, which is a amazing band from Niger. Uh, in Northwest Africa, there. Okay. Not going to want to miss them. <laughs> they're, they're playing on uh, the Saturday night. And the legendary Ingramets are going to be uh, there. They're, they're known as the first family of gospel music oh, cool. in, uh, from Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. And uh, Jerron Paxton will be there. Uh, Blind Boy Paxton, Jerron Paxton. He's uh, played at every single Brooklyn Folk Festival. Oh, cool. Are, okay. Are one of our very favorites and a, and a staple at the festival. So people can look forward to him. Coming back, uh, the Cactus Blossoms will be there. Great country country band, mm-hmm. um, vocal, you know, duet that they are. Uh, we have a lot of offerings for children and, and families, family music. Uh, Dan Zanes will be there. Dan and Claudia Zanes um, doing. They're they're really wonderful um, children's music performance. Cool. And we have other music for kids as well. Um. Yeah, the, the Birdman of Rome, the King of the Roman Buskers. <laughs> yeah, okay. we'll, we'll be back, God willing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and um, you know, we got uh, well, as I said, we have um, about fifty different bands playing at the festival this year. So there's uh, there's so much so much to see. Um, and I mentioned earlier that uh, exciting news just today. Actually, we'll be adding Bonnie Prince Billy uh, to the lineup at the festival this year. He's um, Quite a wonderful and well-known uh, songwriter yeah. that some of your listeners may have heard of. And he has his first album out, his first full-length album out since 2011. Wow, cool. Um, so it's okay. exciting to see him touring, touring with that. And the dates again are April 17th through the 19th, so just, just around the corner. Um, if folks want right. to find out, uh, look at the, the full roster of folks that are playing, get in touch with you guys with questions, want to buy tickets, what's the best way to do all of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the easiest way is to go to our website, which is brooklynfolkfest.com. 
and you can find the schedule uh, with links to videos of all the bands, more information about all the events and everything, uh, as well as buy tickets. Uh, tickets are very reasonably priced. We try to keep them uh, cheap so that it's uh, not a burden to come to the festival. We want everybody uh, that wants to come to be there. And, yeah, look us up. We're also on all the social media stuff, so it's easy to, easy to connect with, with us at the Brooklyn Folk Festival. And I presume that uh, you guys have made links to accommodations for folks that are traveling from, from the outside into the city and, and want a place to stay? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it, you can find all types of hotels, you know, right in that area or get an Airbnb. It's, uh, it's definitely easy to, to, to get accommodations in the area. Yeah, cool. Good. Well, thanks, Eli. I appreciate it. This sounds like a, a great event, and I wish you guys well with it. And it's certainly timely, and, and uh, it's exciting to, to hear the all the folks that you have coming. So we definitely wish you the best with it this year. Thank you so much. And if you play an instrument, there's all kinds of jam sessions going on, too. So oh, good. Okay. This is a festival that you can definitely interact with as well. Come and play. Uh, come and learn an instrument at one of our workshops. Come and sing in the harmony workshop. Uh, so there's there's a lot to hear and a lot to do at the Brooklyn Folk Festival. And those are taking place all three days, as well. Yeah, people should look up look up the schedule on the website there, and you'll see when everything is going yeah. on. Good, great. Thanks, Eli. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at americanarhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.